0: Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and Lawson. The Double L team Rutan. is back and on fire today. Mm-hmm. While Mon is away, the Double Ls will
1: play. <laughs> yes, they will. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so what have we got uh, coming up in today's show? Oh, we've got some interesting stories about plastic
0: bags. Uh, Lawson's stories about plastic bags are going to
1: blow your mind. Seriously. (laughs) We're going to be talking about um, dogs taking on bears. Chihuahuas taking on bears. Chihuahuas taking on bears. Get this this right. We're going to be talking about uh, gender craziness, gender madness. Gender, Gender insanity again. You wonder Um, where our world is heading. We're going to be doing a Bible study, absolutely, most amazing Bible study. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, and we know this because we're talking to you from the future.
0: Yes, we're talking to you in the future from the past.
1: Yes. Um,
0: something like that. Anyway. Yeah. It's, so it it's, does my head in. This
1: know. is the delayed broadcast. And so if people want to listen to the live show, what do they do, Lawson? You just need to jump on across to... You're probably listening to this on a radio station uh, that's obsolete. And uh, you can call us up and tell us that it's obsolete and hassle us a lot. And we'll give you a non-obsolete radio station wherever you are. But if we can't get to you by then... Look, just head to Faith faithfm dot com or the TuneIn app, and you .com. can listen .au. live, yes. a u specifically.
0: dot Press play, and voila, there you Bam. have Faith FM, crystal clear, no interference, no <laughs> in the background, yep. Yep. nothing like that. Just coming through your headset <laughs> or your uh, speakers in your car, whatever, however you set it up. Um, even just off your phone, just put your phone in your in your pocket and away you go, and
1: hundred percent. There you go, you just. Why? Wow, what are it. you grateful for, you, for this morning?
0: Oh, I'm grateful for lots of things this morning. Mm-hmm. I am grateful that. So okay, so one thing that I do every morning mm-hmm. is that uh, I drag myself out of bed, mm-hmm. stumble blearily outside, yeah, and dive in the pool. Amazing. And I've been trying to convince my wife for like months to join me. And this morning she joined me. It was great. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Kill. She was going to join me yesterday, and she's like, wake me up and make me get out there. And But she was so sleepy, I didn't have the heart to wake her up. Yeah. But this no, morning, you're a good husband. This morning, she
1: was she was wide awake. Yeah, she was ready to go. Ready to go. Jumped in the pool. What are you, well, you, you thankful for this morning? Oh, man, I am so grateful because Christmas is upon us. Mm-hmm. And we you want to get to, lots of presents, right? Oh, mate, I am hanging out for the presents. <laughs> Actually, we're doing a family secret Santa, and my little sister, who I know isn't the person that's giving me presents, but she's like the person who is doesn't know what to get you. And I'm like, well, it's secret Santa, so surprise me. So I'm I'm looking forward to that secret special there is present a surprise coming your way, and. um yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, I'm stoked Okay,
0: and there are more surprises coming your way in today's show Stay tuned, we'll be back right after this
2: Where are you now When darkness seems to end Where are you now When the world is crumbling Oh, I-
0: Lauren Daigle with Look Up Child here on Faith FM. And uh, Lawson, as we get into the show today, mm-hmm. you have a clue for the quiz yes, for us.
1: Yes, I do. I, I, hear, have you, I hear you were embarrassed
0: the, the other day with us.
1: A- oh, yeah. So la- <laughs> Last <laughs> time I came in and hosted... Um, we we did a couple of quizzes and I I assumed the role of Lyle that I had to get the quiz before the listeners um and if I did you know if I didn't get the quiz before the listeners they would get double prizes uh huh and um on the first day the answer um the answer was a fox for uh-huh. this quiz uh-huh. and I had I just had no idea we did the first. Okay, so how old are you? Twenty. And how long have you been studying the Bible for? Uh,
0: like a year and a half. <laughs> okay, so you got a bit more of an excuse than me. <laughs> I've been studying the Bible for. Well, I'm 46, so um, yeah, a, a lot longer than
1: that. You know, I grew up <laughs> in a Christian home where we used to have family worship, you know, twice a day. Yeah. So, <laughs> but um, still, I like, dude, I'm 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 working in ministry. I'm like, I need, I needed to get this <laughs> quiz, man, and you I just know about. Functions. I just got wrecked. I just like I couldn't put my my hand like i knew it was an animal and jesus had talked about it and i'm like i even it came in like foxes have holes but then i was like no that's not it like i just couldn't get this quiz but then then the next day um you know, the, the first clue for the quiz was like, this man was a rugged man. And I'm like, it's Ishmael, bro. Like, straight, <laughs> I knew straight away. I'm like, I'm not getting embarrassed you re- today. redeemed
0: yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, yes, our first clue for the quiz. So, this quiz is a What City Am I quiz. And our first clue is, while battling the Philistines, David longed for water from a well near the gate of this city. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lyle's got it. So no, no double prizes no up double for prizes grabs. Today. But if you think you know the answer to this quiz, you can give us a call on one eight hundred three two four eight four three or text us in at oh four nine one zero six four six six nine and we'll get a prize to you. So. Okay. So what have we got for positively different news this morning, Lawson? Okay. Positively different news, Lyle. Yes. Have you ever been in like a sketchy? camping situation slash woods like have you ever has there ever been a time while you're camping or out full driving say and you get into one of those situations where you just like miraculously make it out like it's really dangerous okay so i've been in um some sketchy four-wheel driving situations but not camping no not camping you've never been like oh Uh, you know got like stranded out in the wilderness and luckily like no Okay, well, check- but I've been stranded at w- out in the wilderness four-wheel driving. So oh yeah, many times, dude. <laughs> Actually, I remember the- last year I went four-wheel driving by myself, and um, oh man, I just like completely. I uh I was like went for a quick fifteen minute full drive to test my new mud tires that I just bought for my car, mm-hmm. and I bogged my car, and it <laughs> took me like two hours to dig myself out. It was it was scary, man. Actually, I rang you up and I was like, Lyle, you gotta help me, and you were like, we are we? And I was like, Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna die out here. It's like 127 hours. But ch- dude, check this yes, out. Well,
0: this is this is um this is a slight exaggeration about how far from civilization Lawson was. <laughs> I think I could probably beat that. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Southern Tasmania, um, probably three hours walk from civilization. Um, took me five hours to dig my old Series 2A Land Rover out. Ouch. Um, the, the the last time I ever went forward driving by
1: myself. <laughs> it would have taken all of 30 <laughs> seconds with a snatch strap. Legit. And well, someone else. Dude, yeah. check this out. A tiny dog, aka a Chihuahua. Is being credited for saving the life of a 51-year-old woman who was attacked by a black bear okay. earlier this week. So, uh, the dog's owner, Melinda LeBaron, uh, had been walking uh, the pup for an evening walk through the rural town of Muncie, Pennsylvania, and they they journeyed off into the woods, you mm-hmm. know, just doing this nice, leisurely as, walk. As you do, as you do. When the dog started, People,
0: but Americans think Australia's a scary place, dude. We don't have black bears. I've been walking in the woods in the States and come across a black bear, like, from here to that window away from me. That's insane. Yeah. That's it's just, like, it's just like-
1: Bears are scary, bro. They see you as a source of protein. Ooh, dude, look, listen to this. She, So, this black, this dog started, like, barking like crazy, and the woman was, like, really confused, like, hey, what's, what's going on? What's going on? And she looked around for the source um, of the dog's distress and suddenly found herself being slammed to the ground by a giant black bear. Yee, not fun. Dude, this is insane. Black bears are freaky. Dude, they are. They, they're like killer bears. They're like mm-hmm. ruin your life bears. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're big. See, brown bears, you play dead. Black bears, you fight tooth and nail. Mm. Um, as she was being pulled into the woods, LeBaron defended herself by repeatedly punching the bear. Um, bear her, the dog the dog's name is actually bear as well so that's okay, that's, that's okay. really interesting bear the dog chased after his what well, other dog was this a chihuahua called it was a bear. chihuahua cross called, called bear. bear okay yeah. amazing mm-hmm. um it <laughs> <laughs> chased after his owner and tried to help her escape by biting the predator The baron eventually went limp in hopes of deterring the bear from continuing its attack which it did Turned on the dog, which gave LeBaron a sufficient amount of time to crawl into the bush. Then Bear just like the dog just like ran away, take, taking the taking uh-huh, the bear uh-huh, with it, uh-huh. and like they're all safe. That's cool, dude. That is amazing. That's like, awesome. I have this tiny. Well, my mum has this tiny little dog. Its name's Gigi, and it's like fluffy, and it's a poodle cross. And I honestly can't imagine it doing that for me. I reckon. <laughs> I reckon it just, just bouts. Like little dogs like that, <laughs> be, usually. Be lost in the berries, all yours.
2: Bye
0: bye. <laughs> <laughs> you don't die. But I'm out of here.
1: How would Rumble go? Oh, Rumble would run for his life. Oh, yeah. Just, just, just. Just bouncing out of there. Yeah, he would. Um, yeah, he, he would be very intimidated. I'm I'm quite sure he
0: gets mm. intimidated by a lot of things. Not cars. No, no, no <laughs> cars. He has to. Well, he might actually. You know, he might try and round the, his catalog. So he rounds yeah. everything up. Mm-hmm. He rounds up all the cars in the yard as soon as a car starts. He has to, you know, organize it and put it where it needs to be <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And and uh, yeah, he might actually try and round up the bear and 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 mm. and shuffle. He has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. But he's never more excited than when uh, the landlord's cows break into our front yard and uh, he gets to chase <laughs> cows. But That's he's not a very best. good cattle dog because he did get kicked in the head one time. He didn't like that. Oh, that would... Because most be cattle dogs have that thing where they just duck. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so he's 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 a little bit lacking, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, hey, he's doing its job, doing now, its job. Now, my dad has a white fluffy poodle. Yeah. That would probably have taken on the bear. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Probably another. Probably a story for another day about my <laughs> my dad's killer poodle.
1: <laughs> killer poodles. Anyways, <laughs> continuing on. Oh, okay. This is whenever I come on and I get to do the good news. I love talking about renewable energy in the environment, just because it's always it's always so cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. This isn't necessarily about renewable energy, but it's about something that's been going on in Australia that's had a massive effect on the people. Okay. As as you would remember about you know close to 6 months ago now the 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 shopping centers of Australia had a nationwide plastic bag ban.
0: Okay, so you're going to talk about plastic bags because Mon hasn't talked enough about
1: plastic yep. bags. Like, okay, alright. Yeah, yep. we, needed, we, we need to bring it back again. Bring it back We need yep. to talk about uh-huh. plastic Come bags. And, and look, we're not going to go extensively into this, but I just want to let you know, mm-hmm. you know, because this, this was a very, uh, very culturally dividing. There was the people who were like, oh, yeah, sweet, we're greenies and we love, plastic, you know, getting rid of plastic bags. And then there are the other people who got really upset because it's like, oh, we don't... We have to pay for these usable plastic bags now and, you know, this this is just really terrible. But check this out. Since the, you know, the since this the plastic bag legislation ban. started, since the ban... It has prevented an estimated 1.5 billion bags from entering the environment. Here in Australia. Here in Australia. You have got to be joking. Just in, in six just months. 1.5 billion. Billion. B- with a B. Billion plastic bags over the last S- five, six months that it's been in legislation. That's massive. I'm no greenie, Bart. That's awesome. That is that is awesome. In fact, that is translated to an 80% drop in the consumption of plastic in Australia. Just from plastic bags, from, 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 have, from the you supermarket. You are just melting
0: my brain right now. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you are melting my... 80% drop in the consumption of plastic. Yeah, 100%. You know, I knew that plastic bags were a problem... Uh, but I had n- had no idea they were that because everyone's like,
1: "Yeah, let's have a war on plastic bags." I'm thinking, "Yeah, okay, why not?" But I did not realise they were that big of a problem. That's massive. And it's also like it's also saving the 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 companies a lot of money. Like it's saving yeah, Coles yeah, and yeah. Woolies like heaps of money from not having to just give away plastic bags. And that's exactly why um, it's so popular. But yeah, now this is Sons of Korah with Psalm 23.
0: guys. That was Sons of Korah with Psalms 23 here on Faith
1: FM and we're going to have another clue for our quiz as Lawson takes us through the breakfast show with the quiz. Okay, so the next clue for the quiz and again you won't be getting double prizes because Lyle has already snatched that up. So if you do still want a prize you can call us in. Uh, call call up us at 1-800-324-843 or give us a text on 0491064669. Yes, nobody, s- nobody snapped it up yet. But Okay, so our next clue is Jesse was from this city. All right. Ooh. Where did Jesse come from?
0: What city did he belong to? If you know the answer, you know the number. 1-800-324-843 is the number, and there's a prize coming your way.
1: I'm going to give you a, give just like a little tiny side clue hmm it's very appropriate mm. the answer is very appropriate okay all right
0: you've said enough yeah okay <laughs> what do we have in the news very appropriate. okay so more uh, gender insanity mm-hmm. um, this is coming out of the uk where the brighton city council has um uh brought non-gendered sex education into primary schools okay uh-huh. um And so this is in a a bid to tackle stigma surrounding menstruation. And so what they are teaching their primary school students is that boys have menstruations as well. I saw – I heard about this. Okay, so this is a story – by the way, this is a story that was sent to me um, today Mm. uh, by a friend of mine who is horrified by the ridiculousness and stupidity of it, uh, who's actually a uh, a, a prominent um, gay rights activist from Sydney. Wow. That's yeah. so interesting.
1: It is, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, and, and it encourages me to see that there are people out there, you know, who I might disagree with who actually see the insanity of all this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, anyway, he sent me this story through and, and of course, you know, he sees it as being just as insane as, as, as what I see it as being. But um, yes, so uh, to quote, menstruation may be inclusive of all genders, and boys have periods too. Um, and so they've placed bins for period products in both the male and the female toilets. Um, and, and the question that comes into my mind at this particular point is you know, why do you have men's and women's toilets anyway? If you're going to go down this path. You know, there's no such thing as this gender or that gender mm-hmm. or the other gender. Mm-hmm. You know, why everybody sits behind a, a, a stall, you know, a, a door. So, why why haven't split it up, you know? It's, yeah, wow. The reason that we split it up is because, you know, people feel uncomfortable with people of the opposite gender. But who's to say who's of the opposite gender? You can, you know, you can be mm. one gender one day, another gender the next day. You can m- move between the two. And when I was a stupid kid in school... If we had this kind of um, legislation, I, 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 you know, I could easily see myself and my friends like, yeah, let's all be girls today, you know, yeah, just for a laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And the school can say nothing about it. Mm. And the other thing, of course, is that they are no longer requiring; uh, they don't have a um, a school uniform based on gender. You can you can wear you you can wear you know you can turn up to uh, school you know if you and I were we primary students in this primary school, we could turn up to this school in girls' uniforms mm. and use the girls' toilets for a day and then we could swap back the next day and nobody could say anything about it and we could sue the school if they did say something about it.
1: Man, that's just insane.
0: Now, you think about you think about how uncomfortable that would be for all those little girls when a bunch of little boys just rock up into their bathroom. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Yeah, for sure. It's You think about how confusing that is for a young kid who's told, Well, we don't know what gender you are. Yeah. This is- we don't know whether you're a boy or a girl. And he's sort of looking at himself and or she's looking at herself and thinking, Well, you know the the, the thing that the thing that gives the, the most important thing that a child needs is security. Mm-hmm. And they gain security from knowing children look at things in a very black and white manner. Mm -hmm. And when we take the black and white away from children, they suddenly become incredibly insecure. Mm -hmm. And an insecure child is a child that uh, is going to have issues throughout their entire life and so basically what you are breeding into these children is this massive massive insecurity that they are then going to carry with them for the rest of their lives and people suffer enough we all have our insecurities you have your insecure i have my insecurities and they are a disability yeah 100 percent. and what you're doing is you are creating disabled children by uh, creating this insecurity, and as mm. far as sex education, seriously, sex education in primary school should be taken p- care of by parents. Hundred percent. It is not a difficult yeah. thing to teach. Sex education is a very simple subject, mm. you know. And if you can't te- if you have to have, you know, a bachelor's degree in education to be able to teach se- sex education, there is a problem. Yeah. Let the parents teach this kind of stuff, mm. and mark the, mark the the, the booths. X, Y and Y, Y, mm. you know, you go to the to, to the to the toilet based on your chromosomes, mm-hmm. you know,
1: these chromosomes go here, those chromosomes go there, problem solved. Yeah, 100%. I, I think, it, oh, man, it's crazy because, yeah, if we look at it from a mental health perspective, like the identity crisis that comes along with, with not having a sure foundation of, who you actually are and this is why we're seeing you know in the in the transgender community such a high rate of suicide for example yeah um because of that identity crisis that that comes from just being so unsure about yourself and now we've come to a point where we're institutionally um you know giving giving that to children institutionally we're institutionally serving them an identity crisis that ultimately yeah we don't know who you are you don't know who you are no one knows anything you know we're just uh, the world has gone mad the world has gone stark insane
0: mad that's all i can say about it and you know i have, i have a tremendous sympathy for people who are struggling with gender identity mm-hmm. this is not the solution mm-hmm. you know this is this is this is this is increasing the problem rather than lessening the problem. Yeah. You know, we should... <clears throat> i need to get me started <laughs> on a rant right here. <laughs> Okay, but people, people with, a, uh, with, with gender dysphoria and, and, and this kind of issues should be treated with respect, mm-hmm. but they should be treated. Yeah. Because we are denying that somebody is suffering from a mental illness and, and mm. they're like, oh, you've given them a stigma of a mental... Since when is mental illness supposed to have a stigma attached to it? Yeah. That's, that's, everybody gets sick. People get cancer. Do we give put cancer victims a stigma? No. Neither do we give mental illness victims a stigma. But when somebody comes along and says, Oh, I've got cancer, we don't say, Oh, well, I accept the fact that you've got cancer.
1: Yeah, because what happens? What no, happens we don't when someone accept has it. A- we fight it yeah. tooth and nail and do everything we can to cure it. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I can say this like as my like from my own personal experience with struggles in mental health, like sharing that with people. Like, hey, I've I've got a personal struggle with with depression. You know, even even in the mental health sector, which gender dysphoria is very much is mm-hmm. like it's a mental health problem um, or a mental health struggle. Like, dude, in twenty eighteen, like people want to help you. I know that because yeah, people exactly. wanted to help me. That's right. Through through what I was going through. Very much through. so. You so, get massive amounts so of support. People, people love you. Like, honestly, who would – I can honestly say just from my experience in, in church over the last two years, like, who would shun you or reject you for, from opening no up and Absolutely saying like, oh, hey, no you know, one. I'm really struggling with gender dysphoria.
0: Yeah. You will get more help. You will get support. You will get love, um, you know – in, in any church that you go to in this country, mm. I do
1: believe. And I think that comes to, like, our our sort of duty as Christians is just is to be open and loving to these people and to show them, like, hey, we're, we're, we're here to help you and love you Absolutely. and care about you. Yeah. And, and it's funny, like, I've had that experience over the last couple of years of working in ministry where, you know, you're working with someone, you're giving someone Bible studies, and they, they feel you know, people struggling with different things, especially where I'm working now, you know, in Raymond Terrace, which is a very low socioeconomic area where, you know, working with people who are going through drug abuse or, you know, domestic situations, whatever it may it may be. Um, and they feel like, oh, man, like I don't deserve the help. You know, I'm struggling. And, and yeah, oftentimes like just by being a loving and lovable Christian to them, it opens them up so much. And I, I've seen personally lives that have been completely changed. Mm-hmm. You know, people go from drug abuse to, to, to living a life for God because of the love that we've shown to them, that, that God's put on our hearts. And I, I honestly feel like in this situation, like, man, if we could just show this community of people, this transgender community, that dude, we do love you and accept you, but we want to help you. We want to help Absolutely. you get through this? Because we all we about. care about That's you. That's
0: what is all about. And you know, I've had trans, I had a transgender person who was a worship leader one time in one of my churches. Um, we don't reject these kind of people in any way, shape, or form. We, um, yeah, we we love them. Okay, so all sons and daughters, we're waiting. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. And joining me here in the studio this morning is Dean Bennett. Dean is the CEO of the schools company for the Adventist Church in northern New South Wales. Dean, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, mate. Nice to be here. Now, we had you on the show uh, recently talking about the uh, religious liberty issues, particularly in their relationship to schools and the impact that they potentially could have on schools uh, we talked about that um, a few days ago, but we have some even more exciting things to talk about this morning because you've been working on some big projects with uh, Avenue Schools here in New South Wales, right across New South Wales. Yeah, look, very much so, Lyle. We've... Uh
3: been really blessed over the last couple of years where the the language and the intent, I think, from a number of our uh, various church companies in New South Wales has been to see if we can align our activities to, uh, rather than replicate services across the state, uh, look at consolidating into uh, one collective group. Now, I won't say one company initially because, uh, you know, that that will take uh, a lot more uh, discussion, but certainly through uh, MOU's memoranda of understanding, we are starting to look at shared services next year in 2019 and that is really exciting for us. Okay, so explain to our listeners what how that changes from the way that we've been doing things in the past. Yeah, so currently if you look at a, a Adventist education in Australia we have uh, nine separate companies around Australia. So you have uh, Victoria, you have Tasmania, South Australia, etc., and and each are regionally based to their states. But when you get to New South Wales, we have three sitting inside the one state boundary. We have uh, North New South Wales, which is from the Hawkesbury River pretty much to the Queensland border. Then we have Metro Sydney, which is referred to as Greater Sydney. And then we have South New South Wales, which is then uh, heading south out of the city down to the Victorian border. And then, of course, heading out west in both cases. And so up until currently, uh, we have had three companies doing the same thing in the same way and and in many ways uh, just replicating those activities. And so what we see is an opportunity now to uh, be more uh, efficient, more effective, uh, and allow people to become specialists in areas of support for schools rather than uh,
0: the generalist model that we've had historically up until now. That's super exciting. I mean, you know, when you look at it, I guess there's a reason for the different states to have different, um, yeah. companies because there's, there's different curriculum. There is different, um, different systems, yeah, different, different educational systems. Yes. Um, all of that. Uh, whereas in New South Wales, it's all New South Wales. That's right. <laughs> um, how did we end up with three?
3: Yeah, look, I am not fully au fait with our history, but if you, if you look at the, the broader history of the church, I think what you find is that the, the Australian Union Conference as we now know it, as um, it has its uh, nine conferences and, and the schools really just evolved out of that. And so we've ended up replicating that church model. And so yeah. even when you look at South New South Wales, that's inclusive of the ACT. So that's another jurisdiction altogether. And so we uh, are working towards making sure that we can connect ACT with New South Wales in as many ways as we possibly can.
0: How different is the educational system in ACT to New South Wales. Yeah,
3: well, interestingly, in terms of the legislative expectations, quite different. That's, that's bizarre, isn't it? It's, this? No, it's <laughs>
0: incredibly bizarre. <laughs> and uh, does that count for uh, Jervis Bay as well? <laughs> that I can't comment on, but it is amazing. We, we don't have a school down there.
2: No, do we? we don't. We don't. Yeah, uh,
0: it's interesting these little territories that it we is. have, and and the and the different legislation that uh, that affects them. Okay, so for the uh, the average parent out there that yep. is thinking about, okay, where am I going to send my kids next year? Um, what difference is this going to actually make? Um, in the school. Yeah. So
3: the the macro answer that I'd give to that is that uh, we currently have in New South Wales uh, 19 schools mm-hmm. in total, uh, which represents uh, a bit over half of the, the total for uh, Australia, full stop. Um, and uh, we currently can see already as we plan for next year, and I think of a couple of particular examples where uh, – as we look at 21st century learning, as we look at deeper learning, and a lot of this is the language that's really embedded in, in school land at the moment. Uh, up until now, and we've expected all 1920 schools to come up with, how does that look? how does that manifest itself in the local school and that takes time, resources people, whereas now as we... Can- okay, so they've all done it individually in- individually. individually. yeah. Right. And, and I'd almost go as far as to say um, not not in opposition but often in isolation would be the word that I'd use. That if you and I were two schools, we might only be an hour apart but we, we never connect. We, we don't even share resources. We don't vision cast together. Uh, whereas now under this uh, new direction that we're going and let's take 20 21st century learning. We, we now going to have two individuals that are going to care for both primary and secondary curriculum development, 21st century learning. Um, in our language, we're referring to project based learning a lot now uh, as we look at uh, the future. But we will have a person, people in this case, that will be focused in on this area. And so they'll resource schools. They'll come along and give ideas, plans, support, rather than people having to do it on their own.
0: And by all three companies working together, I assume that creates a greater level of, fi- of efficiency where you can then start to do extra things like this. Absolutely. Uh,
3: and, you know, I, I use this word, we have replicated at infinitum in the past, <laughs> We <which> just. <is, laughs> It's been amazing as we've deconstructed our structures and realised that, well, actually you're doing the same thing that we're doing and you're an hour down the road. Why? And it's just, it's just habit. It's just yeah. history. It's not yeah. that anyone's got it wrong, but it just reflects our history.
0: How does that compare to uh, other private schools? Look. Systems. M- yeah.
3: Mo- okay. And I'm glad you clarified that there are two really uh, clear delineations. There are lots of standalone private schools and then there are systems. Mm. And what you would find is in the systems, uh, they also have morphed and grown in the direction that we are going. And and it's not that we're behind the times. I think we are just now... Uh, with the right language, getting this unity to take place. And so in many ways we're, we're just catching up with modern practice.
0: Now you mentioned a moment ago something that I thought was interesting and that is uh, project-based learning. Mm. Explain that to me. Unpack that for me.
3: So again at a high level, if I refer to project-based learning, it, it's it's a... Concept that is meant to parallel and partner with what we would refer to, you and I would recall as direct instruction. So, growing up, perhaps if we go back several decades, we think of our rote learning of timetables. We think of our spelling. Three
0: hours. There
3: we go. Reading, we writing, think of all arithmetic. of those things, and that is integral and important in education, and will never be uh, replaced. Mm-hmm. But what we have certainly seen over at least the last 10 to 15 years is as that has had primacy, a lot of the things that um, engage with the creative side of students um, in empowering them to discover for themselves has been um, reduced inside the curriculum. And so project-based learning is very much student-centered. It is about the teacher facilitating and supporting a learning journey. And the students themselves, basically are given a problem, a project, and they're requested, required to solve it however they want to. And so they will go through a journey. And we've spent um, both this year and uh, next year, we're spending quite a bit of time and effort in upskilling our teachers uh, across North New South Wales and inside New South Wales in general to deliver what is regarded as a uh, gold standard project-based learning. We've partnered strategically with an institution in the United States of America in California called the Buck Institute of Education. They are world leaders in project-based learning. And it's really nice to see a small system like we are, uh, at the, the front of the queue. Uh, oh, that's, a, that's,
0: that's very exciting. It, it's
3: really nice yeah. to see us strategically. And, and I use this phrase, you know, we are small enough that we can be nimble, that we can respond. Mm. Mm-hmm. Quickly, mm-hmm. And, and I would like that to become our identity moving forward, that we are known as an education system that is looking for the what next, that's not scared of the horizon, that wants to go and see what's
0: over there and, and see if it can be an improvement. Absolutely, and um, within that whole context of you know being small, being nimble, yeah. um, being responsive like that, it uh, definitely gives you that latitude to you know when it, when a change, positive change comes through, man, you can you can react instantly and absolutely and be at the cutting edge. That's 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 truly fantastic, and that's one of the advantages I think that that parents should look at when they're looking at a smaller system. Yes rather than a big system which can become bulky and unwieldy at times and and resistant to change. It's like the difference between uh, turning a skiff compared to turning an aircraft carrier.
3: Oh, look, very much so. And we would like to position Adventist education uh, with respect to our legacy uh, and and honouring our legacy, but we want to position
0: our education
3: system for the
0: what next. Mm Mm-hmm. Now when talking about project based learning how does that uh, I'll just uh, maybe raise something here that's a little bit close to my heart mm. say a student that uh, has that is dyslexic yes how does that imp- impact somebody like that you know they're struggling with your standard 3R kind of yeah. curriculum one of the benefits in project-based learning and that gold
3: standard model is that it's not in isolation. Uh, a lot of people assume that project-based learning and we go back to our own history, we imagine it's we're making a poster. We go home, we make a poster, we bring it back to school or we go home and we make a a, a video clip and we bring it back to school. Uh, the real essence of this is that it's all about collaboration. So let's use that example of the, of the student that has a challenge, whether it's to le- dyslexia or whatever the case may be, because they're not working in isolation because they're in a partnership team Uh, i know of schools for example where all 90 children across Year 7 are working together, and I know this sounds astounding, but they are literally working together at the same time on the same broad-based project in in small working groups. And teachers are moving around amongst all 90 at the same time, facilitating this. And wow! And I tell you what, to see it in action, it it, it does mess with your head because you go, <laughs> "How is this possible?" But it's through engagement. The kids yeah. are so engaged because they have chosen the project. Yeah. they have structured how they're going to respond to the to the problem or whatever the concept may be. So yeah, it's very exciting. Something that you and I certainly never saw when uh, no, when we were going a, through the not system. Not at all, mate. I was a poster. Cut out the picture, stick it on a piece of
0: paper. I remember doing those. Yeah. Now, um, when you talk about twenty first century education, yeah, um, and obviously project based learning is a part of that. Yeah. That that change in culture is there. Are there are other major aspects of. Of you know where we're heading in this century compared yeah, to yeah
3: look the two things that come to my mind immediately is the notion of uh, classrooms without walls and we've heard it referred to before and and I'm I'm talking about the fact that. Um, I think, not only the configuration of our schools, what they physically look like, but what the schooling experience looks like. And the minister was recently um, speaking, I think it was only just last week, about this notion of maybe even having school days that have two cycles to them, a morning school and an afternoon school, and we extend the usage of the facility. I I think the the broader theme I take from that that I very much subscribe to is that learning is beyond that 40-minute you spend with your teacher if you're in year eight. Learning is beyond that morning classroom session. As a year three teacher, as you wait for recess, it's a, it's a bigger experience. And I think um, that change of, of of plugging the learning experience into a life experience that's that's a significant thing. And it and it correlates with, of course, um, technology. And I uh, I think we've all heard this in the media, but the the notion of schools being a vehicle to deliver content, Mm -hmm. knowledge, as it were, is not really uh, appropriate language now. Uh, Yes, we are part of that process, but I think, you know, whether it's Google or whatever other search engine people now use, knowledge and content is so accessible. I mean, just last night, um, my son and I, who's in his mid-20s, trying to explain uh, pressure plate in a clutch system in a car, I just went to YouTube and hit a click (laughs) and 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 said, Josh, let's watch this together and within four and a half minutes We'd had it explained to us, you know, yeah. so that content is there. But um, I think the the skill set for this day and age is for the, our kids is, well, how do I access it? How do I trust it? How can I get to that information as quickly and as efficiently as I can and then um, use that to my advantage? And mm, I think that's mm-hmm. very much
0: where 21st century learning is embedded. I was running an excavator uh, a couple of weeks ago and couldn't figure out how to um – How to make the bucket attachment work because I don't run excavators all the time. They're cool. Jumped in, YouTube. Yep. No problem. Problem solved.
3: (laughs) It's it's incredible.
0: It really is. And, uh, you know, back in the day, I don't even know how you'd you'd figure that out. So it is a very different environment for, uh, than what we went through. Now, as a faith based school, um, you know, obviously, there is a uh, an underlying—should um, sh- I call it an agenda? I'm not sure. We want to see, you know, as Christians, we want to see our young people come to Christ. Yes. Um, how does that actually operate within within the context of a yeah. uh, a Christian school? So, it, in and, our- and should and should non-Christian parents be afraid of that?
3: So, if we look at our current enrollment, uh Statistics for North New South Wales. I can't comment on the sure. rest of the state because not, I'm not as familiar. Maybe somewhat reflective uh, though. I would suggest so. Uh, so, 80% of our enrolments in Adventist schools come from non Adventist homes. Sure. And I would suggest to you that anecdotally, of that 80%, well on half, if not maybe more, are coming from uh, faith based homes that are incredibly varied that will range from the Christian tradition through to those that are joining us from from other non-Christian faiths. Uh, but when you listen to and I was I was a school principal for eighteen years before taking on this new role, when you listen to parents unpack what it is that they are looking for, we suddenly find that as we refer to our faith identity they might start using the word ethos. They might start using the word character. And as a result of the conversation, we it's very clear that we have alignment. And then as we share the primacy of our faith and that Jesus is central to all we do and who we are, uh, families smile and say, that's what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. um, and if you look at North New South Wales, again, we have uh, a language suite we're using at the moment where we're referring to the company as the bridge, this notion of a connection point. And mm. we have, a, I guess, two taglines attached to this concept of being the bridge, and that is the first being developing minds, and the second is about connecting hearts. And that's what we see. We want to see not just kids, but we want to see staff, families. We want to see their hearts connect at a deep level, not just between themselves, but with the idea of faith, and to go further with the idea of Jesus, and let's go further again with the importance of understanding that to reach out and take Christ's hand as your friend, as your savior, as your savior is is the most. Important decision that you can make, and our schools actively encourage and pursue that bridge experience.
0: Mm, mm, yeah, I think that's um, I think that's amazing. And you know, just talking to uh, yesterday, we interviewed um, um, a uh, a student of one of our schools here, or who a, a former student, and he'd come from a completely secular background. Okay, found Christ. Yeah, um, you know, now he's a a, a um, you know very successful pastor. Yeah. Um, in one of our churches, but, you know, previous to that he'd been expelled from every single school okay. that was available within like an hour's drive of where he was, Yes, and uh, and this was an experience that completely transformed his life, and, you know, what parent could not be proud of that? Uh, look,
3: I do agree, and, you know, I, when I read the scriptures, I I clearly see a message that says that I'm called to live life abundantly. Now, living in abundance means in excess. Mm. And and I love that language because we're not meant to accept the average. Um, we, we're meant to aspire to a full and complete life. And I see Adventist schooling as part of that. that, that Adventist schooling can be part of that flourishing, can be part of that abundance, can be part of that experience that sees someone perhaps for the very first time
0: meet Jesus. Mm, Absolutely now Dean just very quickly before we finish off because we are out of time um, parents out there looking at uh, sending their kids to an Adventist school where do they go? Okay
3: so the two main places to go first of all I'd suggest to go to Adventist Schools Australia which is our national website and I put in a plug for them Uh, they help facilitate our national position and if you were to go to that website you'll see a listing of all of the different conferences and companies and then that will send you to our local website but of course if you were to just type in your local region, you'll be pointed towards your closest Adventist school.
0: Okay, so Adventist Schools Australia, um, and that'll get us there. Absolutely. Dean, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome, mate. That was uh, Dean Bennett, CEO of the schools company here in North New South Wales. We'll be back right after this.
2: food fun friends and fellowship sure do then join us at the philos
0: food hub for five dollars you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well wow where at the adventist church on newcastle road walls end number 63 is that the big iconic a-frame church near the roundabout sure is and it starts 10 a.m every thursday great i'll see you there